Welcome to the How I Got Here podcast with me, David Elliott. This week, as a special for International Women's Day, we speak to Roseanne Kelly, who is Chief Executive of Women in Business Northern Ireland at her headquarters in Arthur House on Arthur Street in Belfast. Roseanne Kelly, um, welcome to the How I Got Here podcast. Um, I want to, first of all, start with your current role. Can you give us a bit of a rundown of your typical day here at Women in Business and, and what you get up to on a daily basis? Okay. Um, well, I'm currently the Chief Executive of Women in Business and I've been in that position for, I suppose, nearly 11 years now. In terms of a typical day, there isn't really one. It is... Um, very busy between um, meetings, so I could be meeting, um, like yesterday I was up at the Tully Glass Hotel for a female entrepreneurs conference, having a site meeting there. Um, I also had a meeting with um, Visit Belfast with regard to an international conference we're planning in, in uh, 2022, um, back in the office for meetings here. Um, uh, meetings with uh, different corporate partners and sponsors. So it is never a dull day around women in business for, for all of us, for the whole team, because we're, we're quite a small, tight uh, team. So we have a very, very big footprint, um, over 4,000 members now, uh, four conferences, awards, chairs lunch, and about 70 different networking events programs so there's there's lots going on all the time i want to come back to some of the work that women in business do Mm -hmm. um in a a while but uh, i want to first of all get the crux of this podcast which is how you got here how you got to be the head of one of the most uh, prolific business organizations in northern ireland if you don't mind me saying yeah yeah um and and where it all where it all started off um where, where, where did you where were you where were you born and where did you grow up Oh, really? Oh, right. Okay, we're going way back. Yeah. Um, okay, so I was born in Dublin mm-hmm. and grew up there and was there until I was um, about 14, 15. And then my, my mother was from Dublin. My father was from Armagh. Uh, so he decided to bring his four dub kids um, up to Armagh. And um, I went to Armagh Tech for about three years and then off to university in Coleraine. And um, started doing a pure maths degree, wow. and uh, as the Gemini I am, I switched to history, <laughs> and finished with a history degree. From, from pure maths to, to history, yeah, it's quite a switch. Yeah. So, um, and I and I, I love the maths. It was just I was doing you know the way you can do optional ones, and and I was studying the Russian Revolution and really enjoyed that, and then decided to switch completely over. But that's like I say, a bit of a Gemini, and that there's always. Uh, switching um, around the place so um, yeah so I was there for a number of years and then after that um, came out went back to Armagh for a short while and worked in the Moy for a double glazing window company mm-hmm. as a marketing assistant yeah. which really was um, ringing up the van man to go out and fix leaks and <laughs> remedial work but it was called marketing assistant so did that for I don't know, maybe about a year. And then I managed to get on to the um, IDB export marketing um, program at the time. Mm-hmm. It was where you got to go away and uh, for a company. Um, and I went to Canada and um, I worked for a company called Meteor Electrics. And they made um, timers for, for lights for above snooker tables. Right. 
So yeah, so oh, so he, yes, you put the twenty p in. Yes, yeah, so was. they they did the meters. So yeah. um, so I went out to their distributor in Canada to work with him on selling these, and I ended up um, in Nashville at the World Snooker uh, Conference, which was just amazing <laughs> the size of that, and um, travelled a bit about uh, around that. But I, I I thought it was a bit bizarre to end up down in Nashville at a <laughs> snooker conference. But there you go. So. It must have been quite an experience. It was, it was. I mean, um, it was like, it was huge. Like, you kind of thought, like, snooker, how much can there be? But um, it, it was good, and we were quite successful at, at the conference. But um, I, I just, somebody was asking me recently there, should they go to Nashville? And I said, well, even just go for the accent. You know, yeah. they were just, the people were so, like, it wasn't your welcome, it's your mind welcome like they were just so so friendly I just loved loved it down there so um, and then after that uh, came back to Belfast and I went into Belmont Photographic Services um, in marketing there and stayed there for quite a long time um, and ended up in the senior management team so did all of the um, the marketing campaigns free beach balls and beach tiles and free films and <laughs> all of that kind of yeah. uh, cheesy advertising that went on and then um, actually left there just before the kind of uh, black swan they talk in terms of digital coming in and that industry just completely blown away yeah. um, and which must have been a surprise you know because it, it came oh, as a surprise to the likes of Kodak didn't yes, it you know, yes, <laughs> that yeah, digital would yeah. be so popular oh, it was so. huge and they tried to make a digital film yeah. what it was called at the time they invested so much money in trying to make the film digital right um, and it was just wiped out so I mean in, in terms of film processing we had we were out in um, Bal- um, Malusk mm-hmm. and I think we were employing maybe 250 300 people really? and we were processing right across Ireland as 24 hour service Gosh. it was a night yeah. shift it kept going it was it was huge we were now at the time we were bought by we were owned by Colour Care, we were owned by London International at one time. So it was, you know, the whole film industry was um, quite a huge industry. But yeah. um, And the marketing around that, as you say, must have been, you know, I'm sure it was quite quite good fun. Oh, it was good fun because it, it was all those kind of offers, you know, and the free extra sets and free yeah. films and beach tiles and beach balls. And we actually made adverts and, you know, so that was all, wow. all, all fun. So, no, it was... Um, it was it was a great experience, and in terms of my marketing skills, that's where it would have been honed um, there, and would have uh, I suppose had experience in terms of grant funding and, and lots yeah. of different things. So it was quite broad. Um, and then, um, so then I took a career break with um, my second uh, child, and um, went. Well, I was off for a little while, and then actually one of the things that happened to me was I ended up called for jury service, and I got on to this really big high profile, and this is going back years, so, right. um, drugs case, right. and um, I think I was the only person excited about going in and sitting <laughs> on the jury, and it was kind of, so, because those people didn't want to sit, yeah. and, I, and I was there, and we, we'd heard about, um, I think we'd heard about a week, a week of evidence, and then they threw the whole jury out because somebody actually in the jury knew somebody, whatever, it was all thrown out. But it was all really interesting stuff coming in, Madeline Head um, and whatnot. But yeah. So I think once I realised that I was disappointed that we were all thrown out, whereas most people wouldn't have been, that I realised I needed to get back and, and do something. So um, 
I went on a Webwise Women program okay. back then, yeah. um, which was run by Parity at the time, and they had childcare facilities and our support, etc. And actually did a little stint on a placement there with Manly Communications going way back. Yeah, yeah. And um, so then after that, um, I came out of that, I actually set up my own marketing consultancy, which was um, Common Sense Marketing, Mm -hmm. and worked um, exclusively with a number of specific uh, clients. Um, That must have been quite nice, working for yourself. Yes, yes, it was. And I suppose that's where it all really started with Women in Business for me, in that... Um, I uh, then was working with East Belfast Enterprises, which was run by Roisin McDermott at the time. Yeah. And um, so I was doing some work with, with them. And it was through that in 2002 that the um, Women in Business was launched. There was 10 women on a program in East Belfast, and that's right. where it came from. So I was, it was 10 women on, on a program, and from that, and at the time, um, Invest Northern Ireland had looked at female entrepreneurship and the need to support it and one of the key things was about networks and that women didn't have networks yeah. um, and that that was so they set up a number and um, Women in Business was launched in 2002 in the waterfront by Sir Reg Eppie. Oh right okay. So, so and really I just um, got roped in more and more after that because then I had my uh, James, who came 12 years after the others, so I had taken a bit of time there. So I was doing a lot more for women in business sure. on a voluntary basis. So we were all volunteers at that time. And um, then I think the chair at the time said, Rosanne, you've had enough time off swooning over this new baby. It's time you did something. So we had just got some funding, um, European money for, right. for women in business. And uh, because I had some knowledge of grants, um, the board at the time asked me to come in and if I would do two days a week for three months to get it up and running. So I actually was still self-employed and employed the first employee right. of Women in Business, but then it just kind of spiraled from there. So it ended up, and I'm now full-time, 24-7. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so so that's about 11 years ago. So it's, it's uh, I've been there. So I suppose, like I said, it, it, a lot of it goes back to the female entrepreneurs and I've been very passionate about supporting um, uh women in terms of their journeys within, in business because it is very difficult um, yeah. journey for, for women so that's I suppose for me the whole thing has been around that passion to help and support women so yeah and in those early days did, did you notice I mean as, as one of the first well probably that's the first organization that for female entrepreneurship did you notice you know a, a real a real popularity around a lot of a lot of people sort of clamoring and really glad that you you'd offered us that kind of support? I think there, there was a lot um, from, the, from the women themselves, but, I mean, in the early days, um, you know, women's networks were, it was like, are you having a week of coffee morning? Right. It was very, you know, they wouldn't have been taken very seriously, I think. Um, although, there, you know, there was, again, there was some support, but it was very, very little. Like, you know, there wasn't much money. It was kind of let the women go off and do that. It's kind of a wee voluntary thing. And we were all volunteers. So yeah. in the early days, um, yes, the women came forward and, and certainly wanted to, to support and, and there was a need. But, um, you know, from the wider business community, probably wouldn't have been kind of taken very seriously. So it, it was, um, uh, that was one of the things... For me, uh, when I did get more involved, was 
to ensure that uh, I didn't allow it, well I didn't have any socials and I didn't do coffee and I didn't yeah. do, all of our events were very very business focused you know we're looking at cash flow we're looking at marketing and, and I remember my my board you know saying can, was like, can we not have a social event? no no so um but on the back of that then our first um partner came on board which was Deloitte and they certainly have added you know in terms of their brand association with women in business mm-hmm. it, it was great um so we, we kind of lightened up a, a, a little bit after that but it was a struggle to kind of get that that um, acknowledgement that we were a business organization that happened to be supporting women yeah um so it it, it has been a, a long journey um really in, in in terms of that kind of credibility as a, as a business network and, and to fight your way into that what was a fuddy-duddy corporate world that you know many years ago must have been quite a quite a journey i um i remember going um a number of years back to one of the big dinners of one of the other networking organizations and going out to the le mans and arriving in and it was just a sea of black suits and i remember thinking looking right well obviously the women did stand out because they were in dresses but the only one i recognized was janet mccollum from moy park but that there was a handful yeah, yeah. in the room so um thankfully it has moved on a lot since then but at the time it was very very male dominated i mean there was so many tables that were all yeah just men but that one in particular was just i remember the sea of black suits and it was just oh my goodness yeah. you know so no. you, you and I have been to a lot of black tie events like that and and I can concur that that was and I, I remember it vividly that that was male dominant a lot of them were male dominant mm. and a lot of them you know were black suits all, all over so it yeah. must have been um, yeah and, and that that has changed over the years do you think do you, do you see um, uh, certainly at the higher echelons of, of business uh, you must have seen a, a bit of a change certainly oh, no it has and and even at those events no, it, it certainly has changed and there are more women um, in those higher positions and, and you know when you go but th- there are still you know some events that you go to and you know there will be all male yeah. tables at them and that, and that kind of thing but it it, um, it certainly has, has changed over the years although I was at um about a year ago I was at um, an event and I always get asked you know women in business and what about men in business and that kind of thing I've heard it so many times now but um, I was asked you know sure there's no need for women in business anymore sure women are everywhere they've got it all and all the rest so I explained to the the gentleman that um, the optics are are good however you know the really the the funnel the the follow through isn't there and that um, the top 100 in in Northern Ireland women there was uh, six at the top whenever I was first asked to comment on the number of women chief executives Um, and then last year it went down to three uh, so I explained this to this gentleman and he says, oh, sure then, you aren't doing any good work anyway. <laughs> so it you was can't a, you can't win, yeah. you really can't win. And I suppose one of the things um, with women in business is because it says women in business, you know, it's, it's, it's people think, you know, what about the men in business? So I have, I have a talk that I do and I always start off with, I love men, you know, in that I have two sons and a husband <laughs> and father, you know, so, you know yeah. but um, yeah, it, it's, it's still... Um, bit difficult but women in business our actual mission statement does not mention women in it mm-hmm. so it's actually about creating a new economy one that's built on inclusive growth 
and that's actually what we're about so very much um fly the flag uh, for diversity mm-hmm. um, and it's genuinely we need that diversity in the business community and unfortunately there's a gender gap so that's where our focus is in order to try and create that new economy that is diverse and inclusive yeah so that's really what we are completely about and, so. and, and it's interesting you bring up that uh, top 100 company because i used to edit that magazine yes. and pull, pull those pull yeah. those uh, lists together every yeah. year and it was so difficult to try and get a balance in the interviews that we did because there's very few um, female chief executives and mm. one of them was Janet McCollum and mm-hmm. unfortunately she's not she, you she's know, she, not there so, so that used to cut it down even more yeah. so um, how how do you go about now I mean so there's three four maybe I'm not entirely sure the, the number at the minute how do you go about in the next few years making that representation increasing that female representation at that level and not just there but throughout other senior management positions I mean they've obviously done great work over the last few years but yeah. what, you know, how, do you, how do you increase it I think we just have to keep on doing what we're doing and um, I mean we're very much an organisation that is all very much about delivery Mm -hmm. Um, and we have been delivering for our members in terms of our events and our networking and our mentoring programmes. So we've we've introduced a centre of learning which is, is, um, we have a number of different programmes there and I mean one of the things that I've seen in my experience is that where women actually learn together and come together it's actually much more effective for them in terms of the peer support they get so we have a a maternity returners programs called back to business which is brilliant and the babies come in on the first day and you know which is that's what maternity is about so babies are there um we have resilience training we've one on today actually pits and masons are host those for us and we have a negotiation skills we have a mentoring program so the mentoring program in particular is very very successful it's been i think it's the longest running mentoring program we in in northern ireland and it's we're into our maybe our fourth year we have over 150 mentors on that so there's a lot of work going on that's slow and steady um but i think what what we want to um look at going forward is to is to continue that and, and increase the number of supports that are there so we're also currently looking at, I mean, if you take the, the tech sector, which is the growth sector and it's going to be absolutely everywhere, there's only, uh, I think it's between 17 and 19% women in that sector. So that is like huge. Yeah. So there's huge um, barriers that, that, and we need to d- deal with that. So um, we're looking at um, a pilot, a women returners pilot for the tech sector for women who have maybe been of with children who maybe were in law or accountancy beforehand and um, but want to retrain up and, and, and have a look at that. So um, I think we just have to keep doing what we're doing. I suppose one of the, the things I get from my boarders for saying, you know, you're always, it's always the next thing, the next thing, but you just have to keep yeah. pushing it. Um, and one of those things would have been the diversity charter mark, which we spun out about two years ago. So yeah. we launched that um, and we had a diversity summit there with Lord Davies recently, who was the author of the Davies Review of Women on Boards. Um, so like that, it, we've spun that out, and you know, if we can get that charter mark, and I think it is, it's definitely gaining traction, the Northern Ireland Civil Service, there's a, over 70 companies have signed up for that. So, yeah. so that's within the corporate space, and that will keep that going. The other space really is the female entrepreneurs. Um, and there was the Alison Rose report came out last year, mm. which said that if there was the same amount of women started up businesses as men, it would add 250 billion 
to the UK right economy. So like there's the cases sitting there that we need to do that. So we have our Yes You Can programme, which we run along with Invest Northern Ireland and the 11 councils. It's over three years um, and we're into year two of that. And it has been hugely successful in that last year was year one and we engaged with over 1,200 women around that programme. Wow. So um, so that will continue on. And I mean, with with that, we would like to see that at the end of the three years, because I was banging on doors for ages to try and get female-specific support um, across the rest of Europe, I looked at, and there was female-specific support for enterprise, whereas everybody here was, well, you know, sure, there is this programme and this app, and women can go on this. And, yeah. Um, although funny, at one stage, I had somebody saying, well, when they're finished on your programme, they can go on the other programme with the big boys. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no, you really don't get, the, you know. Yeah. But anyway, you come across that all the time. But um, So, yes, I think it's just a matter of, of, you know, pushing forward on all fronts. So I think the female entrepreneur piece is really important because if we can get women to start, grow and scale their businesses, then the business community will change mm. in terms of its diversity. Um, and also the cultures will be different within businesses. So, you know, Hopefully we'll pull pull through, and then on the other side with the mentoring, corporate, um, the the personal development, training, all of that, um, and the charter mark will hopefully push on the other side. So it's it's just keep keep going. So, and I suppose it's providing role models in in many respects, um, in both aspects of yes, that. You know, for f- yes. female entrepreneurs and people that have done done really well, uh, to give. Uh, yes, people, give back. Yeah, yeah, yeah somebody to look up to and, to and to say yes, we can do it too. Yeah, so I mean, we have our um, our awards are now will be ten years um, in September, so it's pretty huge, and um, and we're very excited about that. But all of the the women who have been, you know, our our businesswoman of the year and throughout all the categories are have just been amazing, um, and the role models are very important. Um, and we also run two half-day conferences, which is Spotlight on Success, and we would have very, very six senior women speaking at mm-hmm. that. But um, and we've recently also within Women in Business, we've launched a Young Business Women's Network. So this is for under twenty-five, mm-hmm. um, right down to sixteen, um, and it's um, it's had great attraction really from 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 young women but then on the other side we are actually just about to launch our ambassadors so these are these women who are the role models mm-hmm. who are the ones we look up, up to so um there's a number of women in, involved in there so um elaine burchell from shs is is kind of our uh, front around that and and we have elvina graham is 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 there and um, there's a lot of very very senior women around around the table um, on that and in terms of um, we would like to have the ambassadors meet up with the young business women you know and, and, and try and cultivate that um, support and encouragement and to ensure that the women young women are as ambitious as, as they can be so um, so yeah so it is uh, really important to continue with that but one of the things I did notice recently um, when we had our spotlight on success was um, we would have a lot of women on, on the stage and they would explain that like, yeah you had to work really really hard and you had to make sacrifices and you know in some cases a lot of those senior women do not have children you know and, and that's one yeah. of the, the, the things so there is that phrase you can't be what you can't see so it's great to have those role models 
but there is a little bit of a pushback I think from our millennials or whatever um, in terms of well I see it and I don't want to be it mm-hmm. you know that the, it's, it's not changing yeah. enough yeah. you know we need to make it attractive and it's still not attractive in terms of you know what what we young people or young women in particular actually want and, and is that is that something that the corporates need to address that they need to be more flexible mm-hmm. around yes. people with children to, yes. to allow them to go and do the, yes. the pickup yes. continue working at home later on yes. once the kids have gone to bed yeah. haven't now I have yeah. a 14 month old I know exactly what that's yeah. like and yeah. you know it, 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 it's it's easy to pay lip service to it and some some do some actually follow through on it and allow that flexibility but yeah. I suppose that that really is key in a lot of stuff it is, it is it is key because you know I always kind of in my head have the image of, of these amazing women who have sacrificed whether it's yeah. you know they have the children but they haven't seen them or they haven't had the children or yeah. whatever um, as you know in, in terms of World War One, going over that going over that fence going over that fence you know that they're doing the, the, the hard work but Needs to there needs to be benefits come you know yeah. on the back of that and that's where if we can get the flexible working the part time working and that it isn't seen as you know part time is seen as less committed yeah. that that's not the case because you get so much more so it's all of that needs to happen um, to, in order to make it attractive so that the women are looking at it and thinking yes well actually I can do do it that way this way this way you know there's flexibility yeah um so that they want to do it but uh, you know even you know the area of politics you know in terms of it being attractive to women well it's it's you know I know we have it, the optics will tell us that we have a lot but you know there's a lot in the background where it's just not attractive and, and women wouldn't put themselves forward in terms of and recently there was um one of the councillors or MLAs well well no the, no there was 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 um there was so much on Twitter like really horrendous comments oh, really? and things like that you know so it's it's not it's not easy but you know things need to um move on I think I was thinking there was a councillor brought her baby in to, to one of the, that's right. the, the sessions and yeah. um there was a, a few raised eyebrows but but that's that's a that's a you know yeah. it's a prime example yeah. of I have a baby to look after if I have to come to this meeting I'm either yeah. I'm either not going to come or I'm going to bring the baby and yeah. and, and I you know yeah. that that flexibility needs to be absolutely there. absolutely and that's yeah. that's one of the things you know we would be pushing for is to say well you know in the companies that are building you know the buildings where's the crash you know, yeah, the, yeah. the crash should be there you yeah. know if you, if you are genuinely interested yeah. in diversity where's the crash facilities um, and. Yeah. And, uh, and and this is part of what we're talking about in terms of the women in business um, center is that you know we should be in the in the center of business as a as a um, learning ex- excellence center exemplar, but that there's no reason why we can't have a, a childcare facility within that, why we can't have the diversity charter mark there, why we can't have other social enterprises around this whole centre. Um, because I've looked at Canada and they have brilliant models in terms of women's business centres where they also have financing. So access to finance for female entrepreneurs is a big barrier. So all of that kind of thing. But the, the childcare thing to me is... It's, it's a no-brainer, really, isn't it? It is, yeah. it is. And, and you know, the, this... Some of the kickback I've had from that is, but people like it beside their house, you know, so they can drop off or the parents can can pick up. But I thought we wanted people to live in the city, yeah. you know. So yeah. why isn't there facilities in yeah. the city, and why aren't businesses looking at the larger businesses? So, and and the kickback for, or not the kickback, but they they, they sell to to corporate to business is you're complaining about a skills shortage, 
Um, but yeah, you're cutting off a lot, a lot of your workforce just by enforcing these rigid, rigid yeah. rules. Be a bit more flexible, be a bit more accommodating, yeah. and then the skills will flow and the skills, yes. skills will come yes, to you. Yes, because uh, I mean, I, I do think if if we don't get this right, I mean, somebody was saying to me the other day that you know, the the salaries in the tech sector here are now nearly up at the same rate as, as London. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know whether that's completely true, but I do know that the you know two years out of university you can be on forty k. Mm-hmm. You know, so that the, it's it's rising up and up and up, and if it goes too far, we're going to lose. Price ourselves out, yeah. We will. And um, funny was one of our past board members who was in Fujitsu said, you know, that's why it's so important to get the women because mm-hmm. you know we need to have a lot more skills so that that salary doesn't. Um, prices out of the market and yeah. that is hugely important to get the, the, the women in, into the sector. So, and that can happen if we are flexible, if we have part-time offerings, if we, um, and, and have facilities, but that would work for everybody. Yeah. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, because not only are they getting the skills back in, but they're also getting that diversity into the tech sector, which is r- crucial yeah. and really important. Um, we ha- recently had um, Anita, Dr. Anita Sands speaking and, um, you know, in terms of technology, if women aren't there, she, the phrase she used was that they'd be coded into silence. So it's a bit like when you go back to seat belts being tested on men and airbags yeah, yeah, on men yeah, and all of these kind of things. Um, you know, we have to be there in order to ensure um, our place in the future so it's really important so I think the employers really have to take a good hard look at what they're offering and and in terms of Northern Ireland as a uh, I suppose to having some kind of gender di- diversity how do we compare to other areas it's all very well you know I suppose talking about the last 10 years or so and how we've progressed how do we compare to the Londons the, the, the New Yorks the maybe or maybe more comparable cities I don't. I don't think we're there yet. I mean, it is. This is. It is Northern Ireland, and it does have a very kind of male, pale, stale reputation. But you know, I think the fact, and this is one of the things I've said for a long time, the fact that women in business exists and has existed for eighteen years, and that we now have charter mark, and mm-hmm. you know, all of these things should be pointed to in terms of when you're trying to sell to foreign direct investment to say, look. Yeah. You know, it does show that we are progressive and that yeah. we are more progressive. And the more uh, I think women in business are embraced by you know government or partners or whatever, the more that is seen. I think the better it will be, um, because people will be getting it. Yeah, they yeah. Would, and they really need to get it. Not just and and funny. Our theme at the diversity summit was beyond the thick box, and it's not just about taking a box here. You really have to get it that this is, yeah. And um, what was it? The phrase is it's no longer the right thing uh, to do. It's imperative. It's, it's, it's a business imperative yeah. to get this this so it's right. It's embedded in culture. And it's just, it ha- it it's, ha- it's, absolutely it's has to be a second thought. It was just done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it sounds as if you have a lot on your plate on a day-to-day basis. Um, do you enjoy it? Because it, you know, it must be it must be great to have seen the organisation grow, um, and, and just to see it kind of kind of flourish now as well. And it must yeah. be quite fun. Um, I suppose, David, I'm always looking forward, and I suppose I don't really look 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 back, but. Um, uh, when I do, I do think, yes, no, we're at over 4,000 members. And when we came, you know, we were sitting with 80 members and, and, and where it has come. Um, so, yeah, but I'm, I'm kind of 
still very passionate about it and still feel that there's a lot to be done and I want to ensure that we keep pushing on with that so I mean the the women returners program is very important to me that we get that and we get and it's not about women in business running it because we don't deliver programs we just want to say right this works and we know this works and we want the government to take it on we want the government to take on the, the female entrepreneur piece and just to show you know and push it that way so there's that there's the center that we're, we're pushing for um, and then the other thing that we're looking at is for 2022 is this international conference we did one in 2014 and i did get gray hairs i mean it was two two years of hard work it was a three-day conference but um i think 2022 what we're looking to do um is it's not so much about bringing in the delegates mm -hmm. it's about bringing in the be very best speakers we can from all around the world in here so that our people here can hear from from the best yeah. um so that's in 2022 so we're trying to tie that and tie that into us having our women's center so we're looking at a number of different options around the the women's center and again it's not something we want to do just on our own. We want to collaborate with either the council or government or some other partner in that. And there's there's been some interest, so which is which is exciting. Um, but uh, yeah, I kind of think how we're we going to do all this. But you just keep you just keep going. <laughs> it always it always gets done. Well, you, you know, just have to keep like pushing them. Yeah. You know, again, saying it out loud now. Again, it just you've committed to <laughs> it. Oh, you're on tape. Rosanna. Yes, I know. So I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Um, if you could go back to your, I suppose your what your eighteen year old self that started out in applied mathematics at, at Coleraine, what would you, what would you say to her? Oh my goodness! Um, well, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Change the history. Like, well, change the history. Yes, <laughs> but I suppose I've always been one of these. Was I've always talked about never give up, you know, and um, I suppose, and that's why, and I and I just. Just keep going, and and I and I think, um, yeah, never give up. Just keep pushing. I think that's a, a lovely way to end. Uh, Roseanne, thank you so much for your time today. It's been really interesting to hear your journey. Thank you. Um, and thanks for taking part in the podcast. Thank you. That's it for this special bonus episode of the How I Got Here podcast. We're off to record series two. If you want to get in touch with us, please do so through Twitter or at the website.